1: 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care. with experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized now here is dr. Merrill Griff
2: welcome to cloth between generations I am dr. Merrill I'm here with my fabulous co-host Diana Albbri all right Yay.
3: hi happy Thursday ah you love Thursday <laughs> yeah it's, its I love it it's just great. <laughs> And for those of
2: you who are, it's not Thursday, maybe it's Friday, all right? See, you're already there. I love Fridays even more,
3: (laughs) to be honest.
2: That's great. Actually, I love donuts even more than Fridays. (laughs) So... Uh, Before we introduce our guest, um, we wanted to thank everyone for your posts and your emails after our last show. On our last show, we had Lois Frankel, who wrote the book. Uh, She's written many books, but we were discussing Ageless Women, Timeless Wisdom, and you shared with us just some wonderful posts and some emails, one of which we really wanted to share with you, and it was Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. I am my mother after all it was followed by uh, this person saying I miss my mother every day oh yeah so it was a very loving very positive but I I kind of like that mirror mirror on the wall I am my mother after all you know it was great so our mothers our grandmothers our aunts our teachers you know really have a significant impact on our lives and I think that um, even though we spoke with uh, her about women being marginalized, especially as they get older, I think sometimes in the parenting world, it's the men who get marginalized. They're often overlooked, and the emphasis is really on women and on mothers, sometimes for the positive, actually sometimes for the negative. So everything that goes wrong is our fault. right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything that goes right is to the child's credit (laughs) There are just days when you feel like that all right, but you know, the fact of the matter is, is it true that men are often discounted and, and they're not seen as so important, especially with younger children? Um, the mothers tend to be in the spotlight. Our guest today is Dr. Meg Meeker. She's a pediatrician, a mother, and an author of six books, including the one we will be discussing today, which is called Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. Dr. Meeker has appeared on many, many national programs including Oprah Radio and NPR. She is an active part of the NFL's Fatherhood Initiative and is a regular speaker at Dave Ramsey's Smart Conferences. I know, Diana, you're a big fan of hers and you often, you get her emails all the time and, and you often share them with many, many other people.
3: Yeah, you know, I have been reading her emails for a few years and her post and her wisdom and you know, I'm so excited to get to talk to her today because really, she does have a unique way of looking at parenting with her background of being a pediatrician and a mom and just someone just who has just a wealth of wisdom, so I'm really excited that she's going to be with us. Wow. And she is here. Hello, Dr. Meeker. Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, well, thank you so Hi. much. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, Dr. Meagher, on on previous shows uh, of ours on "Caught Between Generations," we've looked at what the culture is saying about mothers. Mm -hmm. What is what is our culture saying about fathers?
4: You know, it really is a tough culture on both mothers. And fathers. Um, And in Hero, I really focused on fathers because, you know, I've been a pediatrician for a little over 30 years, and I've seen an enormous shift in the way kids treat their dads and the way dads feel about their role as dad. And um, what I've seen is, and, and I think you don't have to look very far in the, you know, television and sitcoms and movies to see that generally dads are portrayed as doofuses. You know, they're the kind of funny, dumb person who doesn't know a whole lot. And a little snarky 11-year-old comes along and and corrects his father because dad needs correction. And, And, you know, I think that We see that so much and people say, well, that's just TV and it's just movies, but I'm seeing it have a big impact on fathers and we know that we need to encourage fathers to be more engaged in the home, not less engaged. And when fathers are, you know, marginalized and pushed aside they feel many times in their families like they sort of orbit the family. You know, they don't, this is what they tell me, they don't know what they should do, when they should do it. They feel that a lot of what they do is wrong. And so they just kind of go into the background and orbit. Do you think that it's different in different subcultures? Or is Uh, it basically the same across cultures, do you think? No, I, I think it's different in different subcultures for sure. Um, you know, if you take the um, African American culture, for instance, much higher um, incidence of single moms with um, children in the home and, and fathers. And that's, I've learned a lot about that through working with the NFL and a number of men. As a matter of fact, the reason I got recruited which I thought was very odd to be recruited by the (laughs) NFL, because I don't know anything about football. Um, And I said, you need a man. They said, no, we need a woman, because many of the players grew up without dads, and the only authority they know is their mother. And so they wanted, they could relate to their mom, they could listen to their mom. um, But they really, so many didn't have fathers growing up, that they didn't, They had a lot of pain, of course, they carried into their own parenting experience because they had needs that were not met by a dad. And then they also had no role model. They literally didn't know what to say and how to interact with their kids. So, 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 you know, so that's a big part of the African-American culture is very much like that. I think then in, in Latina cultures, um Hispanic cultures in the United States, there is still a higher instance than Caucasian um families of having um, single moms and fewer dads around. Um, but no matter who you are, no matter what subculture you live in, growing up without a father is painful. It's very painful. And kids of all um, you know of all cultures feel pain the same way and so what they need to learn um and and be helped in their pain of not having a dad is all the same
2: so what are the benefits do you think of for children that have active engaged fathers as as opposed to those who are less engaged
4: well you know the research is is, is becoming very clear it's interesting there's a, a The amount of research done on mothers compared to to the amount of research done on fathers is about seven to one. So fathers aren't even studied that much. But what we do know is that kids who grow up um, with a dad in the home, and he doesn't even have to be a perfect dad or a psychologist dad, they're more likely to um, do better in school. Kids whose fathers read to them from the time they're six months old to three actually test higher on IQ tests when they're three. Um, We know that kids who have a dad in the home are less likely to struggle with depression, anxiety. They're less likely to get into high-risk behaviors when they're teens, like sex, drugs, and alcohol. Uh, Less likely to go outside and get pregnant More likely to go on and finish high school and go on to college. So across every um, aspect of a child's life, they do much better if dad if dad is in the home.
2: So from a child's perspective, I'm the child. Okay, why are why is my dad so important to me? Because
4: kids, this is it's so intriguing to sort of sit behind children's eyes. And that's what I tried to do in the book is, is allow dads and mothers to see, this is how you feel, but this is what your kids see. So I'm glad you asked that. Kids approach their mom and their dad differently. And if you think back to when you were a child, kids see their mother as the person who has to love them. Her love is non-negotiable because mom is mom She's the one who's going to make life okay. Um, she's the security. She's the one who um, has to love you. And that's very primal and very basic. A young child who, who has a mom who ignores him or abandons him or whatever begins to feel like, if my own mother doesn't even love me, why be alive? They're, they approach their dad, however, differently. And I can't really explain it, but I know that it is. Their father, they believe, has a love that's negotiable. Dad doesn't have to love them. But if dad chooses to love them, boy, are they something special. Um, they listen differently to their fathers than they do to their mothers. And I believe that children perceive they have different needs that are met differently by mom and by dad. And it's just so intriguing um and i think as kids if you grew up with a dad in the home you kind of know you know when your dad if your mother told you you were really smart and she was so proud of you for getting an a on a test you go yeah 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 but that's my mom but if your dad said i'm so proud of you you got an a in your test to many kids it carries a different weight it's not better it's not worse it's just different So before we break,
2: Dr. Rieger, I want to ask you, so how do you define a hero dad? Because it sounds like something I just, I can't even think about achieving. You know, it's a hero.
4: I mean, how how do you? So big. (laughs) Exactly. Because again, this is through a child's eyes. Every child, every one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old sees his dad as the smartest, the strongest, the safest person, man in the world. So kids ascribe the role of hero to their fathers early on. Now, dads can knock themselves off the pedestal by leaving or by being horribly mean or abusive or whatever. But through a child's eyes, they want desperately for their dad to stay the person, the the. the the smartest person, the strongest person, the one who loves them, the one who will have their back, who will provide for them, you know, give them that security. So a hero dad, fathers have to understand how their their kids see them, not how they perceive being a hero. And again, I did this a lot with NFL guys. You feel like a hero when you go and you score the winning touchdown at a Super Bowl. And that's right, you are a hero. But when you walk through those doors at night to your kids, your kids still see a hero, but a very, very different hero because they want different needs met from you than, than what, how you perform on the field.
2: This is Caught Between Generations. We're talking to Dr. Meg Meeker, who is author of many books, but also Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. When we return, we're gonna be asking Dr. Meeker about, you know, how did she find fathers? Are they receptive um, to becoming a hero? And what are the roadblocks that she sees? We'll be right back.
5: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Sarah Care. We provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved. Involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1 800 472 5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at saracare.com. S-A-R-A-H care.com
5: Your life your health your network you're listening to Voice America health and wellness
2: Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Deanna Albrecht. And our guest today is Dr. Meg Meeker. We've been having a great time with her discussing fathers as heroes. Dr. Meeker has spent more than 30 years practicing pediatric and adolescent medicine and counseling teens and parents. And she is the mother of four children and has survived very well. <laughs>
4: Yeah. So, welcome back, Dr. Meeker. Thank so, you. Thank you. And, and that's very important to qualify. You know, I did survive. And to tell you the truth, it, it, it's so fun now because I have a couple of grandchildren. So our kids are, you know, when your kids hit their 20s, particularly their mid-20s, they give you the list. You know, uh, the list of all the, th- the things that you did wrong. And it's kind no. of funny. Um, I, it can be funny. but um, uh, So we're kind of past that. You know, we, we've gotten the list, and now it's just pure enjoyment. And the kids, we really uh, enjoy our kids very much and our grandkids. So. But, but, I, but it's hard. It's hard. I mean, parenting is so hard.
3: Yeah. And, you know, what I was thinking after the list when the kids hit the 30s, is it, oh, you knew so much. Does, does it yes. hit that in the 30s?
4: Yes. Well, <laughs> well the, the, here's the fun thing. You know, they, they leave college and they go off and they are smarter than you. They know everything, you know, better than you do. So they don't need your help. Then they give you the list. Then they have children of their own, and everything (laughs) switches. They look at you and go, Mom, how did you do it? Mom, why didn't you tell me? You know, so we get a lot of that now, and you just kind of want to roll your eyes and go, I tried to tell you 10 years ago, but you wouldn't (laughs) listen. But but anyway, so just sort of be there and, you know, help them navigate. But absolutely, you know, nothing changes a a woman or a man's perspective about their lives and themselves, like having a child, and their perspective on how they were raised. I think that parents are much more forgiving of their parents once they have children of their own because they realize, gee whiz, maybe mom really was doing the best she could. And they begin to see their parents as people, not just as parents.
2: So for all of you who have young children and you're feeling hopeless and helpless, (laughs) see, there is light at the end of the tunnel. See that? Yeah. 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 So... Dr. Meeker, let's, um, let's kind of go back to the focus on debt, all right? So okay. do you find men um, receptive to becoming more engaged? I mean, I will tell you as a therapist, I often found at times, you know, uh, fathers were difficult. They were very resisted um, yeah. at first. So how did you find that and what are the roadblocks you see?
4: Well, I, that's a great question. I think that in general, I mean, there's are general realities, millennial dads and, you know, a little bit older are more receptive and wanting to be more engaged, but they're very timid, and they don't know what the rules are. Um, I think that the fathers in my generation who reared their kids in the 90s and the early 2000s were less open to um, parenting because they were sort of trying to deal with, okay, now my wife has a career and we have these kids and I don't know how to do that and she doesn't know how to do that. So we've kind of gotten past that and now the focus is more on parenting and they want to be great parents. They want to read a lot, but they don't know exactly what to do. the We do have a camp of fathers who, no matter what you say to them, they do don't want to engage, and I'm not exactly sure if it's because they're so wounded from their past or they're they're so angry at their own father or they had a bad experience growing up that they really disengage from the family. And I think that those are the men who, who are, are wounded and hurting and they just don't really want to go there. Because I, I do think there's something about parenting that really pushes your buttons and if you have a lot of unresolved hurts, um, parenting is going is, is to tap into those. And the more you want to engage with your kids, the more your deep buttons are going to be pushed. And I think that women are forced to go there a lot because, in general, women spend more time with children than dads do. And women wear more hats than dads do in general. So we have our buttons pushed Not necessarily by choice, but I I do think that many fathers are hesitant to go there and don't want to engage with their kids. And it's sad because they end up losing out the most, the dads. They miss out on all the good stuff.
2: So, are there ways that women could support men in changing? Let's let's not talk about the issue of divorce right now. We'll get to that later. But for those who have intact relationships and they're living or they are living together, are there ways that women can help support men in becoming more engaged?
4: Oh, absolutely. I think that when you have, and I and I would imagine this would describe a lot of your listeners. You know, a strong-willed woman who is interested in in doing a good job parenting and, um, you know, good job in other avenues of her life, Um, she can be a little bit controlling. I am one of those women. When it came to my kids, I was very overprotective with my kids because I knew all of the bad things that can happen to kids. I sort of believed that at least one of my kids was going to get leukemia. The other one was going to get a brain tumor and the other one was, you know, so I had, I was so worried. And and when you worry about your children, you become very controlling over your children. And I think that when we do that, a lot of men just sort of throw their hands up and go, okay, 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 I'm going to back out. So I think the first thing that women need to do, we need to say, "I will. I'm willing to be strong enough to uh, give him space to parent in our home, and that means that when certain conversations have to happen, I'm going to invite him to do them. And I'm, I'm, and and then I know that the only way to encourage a man to come into conversation, to get the, to take the kids out and do something, to really engage with kids is to not badger him... And we tend to badger. We tend to find fault all the time with our husbands. We have a list of 10 things we could spew <clears throat> out of our mouth at a moment's notice about all the stuff he does wrong in parenting. I still do with my husband, and he's a pediatrician, and we don't even have kids in the home anymore. You know? <laughs> but our kids come home, and we will argue, but we don't argue when the kids aren't around. Now, that's crazy, because the kids are adults, and they have families of their own, but they still come home and we slip back into the the mom-and-the-dad role, and I quickly become very critical of my husband. So I think that we need to recognize, okay, how am I critical of my husband in the way he parents? How am I dominating parenting? How am I over-controlling? Do I really give him space to parent? And I have to be willing to give up a little bit of control and invite him in, and the only way to get him to really engage is to compliment him, applaud him, and praise him, not say, which is a tactic I did, you better call our kids. Have you called our kids? Have you called our kids? You need to call our kids. Rather than say that, say, oh, you know what, I know the kids love it when, you know, they hear you, you know, encourage them in their jobs or encourage them in parenting. So I know they'd love to hear from you. Rather than, why haven't you called them in a week? So put a positive spin on it. Encourage them to engage let them know how kids like it when they engage and what kids say when they're engaged. Because men respond so much better to praise, they don't respond to criticism and badgering. And I know from firsthand that that's the quickest way to shut my, down, my husband down from um, engaging with our kids is criticize them.
2: I, you know, I think it's outstanding, Dr. Maker, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, we we do tend to be very critical, and I think we tend to, without realizing it or, or purposely it. meaning to, just pushing them out because even though we make our mistake as mothers in the end, I think most of us feel as though we do it best, uh, yes. and we know the kids better than anyone yes. and we know exactly what they need. And so when they make what we interpret to be a mistake with the kids, that may you know, it's not a disaster. It was a little mistake. The kids roll with it. They're fine. Yes. But we
4: were like we, right on it. Like <laughs> exactly. Yes You, you know, know a, classic, a classic example just reminded me. I used to badger my husband, our our three oldest are daughters. So I was convinced I knew these kids so much better than their dad did. Our youngest is a son. And I even wrote a book about strong fathers, strong daughters, okay? So I know better. But I would constantly harp on my husband. Why don't you talk to the girls? You need to talk to the girls. You need to go put them in bed at night. You need this. Why don't you do this? You need this. So he said, okay, okay, okay. So one day I overheard him talking to our girls, two of them, in the living room. And I was in another room, and I listened in on the conversation, as most mothers would, because I wanted to see if he was saying it right. Right? Right. Well, I I heard something that I was convinced was the wrong thing to say. So what did I do but swoop into the room, interrupt him with this sort of haughty tone like, no, 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 no. You don't know how to talk to girls. Let me take over. And what does that do? It tells our kids. Dad shouldn't talk to them because mom's got it right. And it tells him, um, just go away because you don't get this right. And, and yet I'd harped on him about not, not engaging so I, engaging the girls. So I stopped myself mid-sentence and I thought, what are you doing? See, that's what I, that's what I mean by give him space The parent. If you hear him talking to your kids, don't run in the next room and criticize how he's doing it. And I did that all the time because I was so convinced I knew how to parent better than my husband. So it really, we have to keep ourselves as women and moms in check and sort of say, okay, where am I being sort of domineering here and where should I back off? And if I ask my husband to do something, let him do it and don't criticize how he did it, even if you don't like it. Um... My husband stayed home with our kids for three and a half years while I did my pediatric residency. And I had to, which was a wonderful, wonderful thing for him to do. But the clothes he put on our kids were insane. <laughs> they, they were never warm enough. They never ate the right, in my mind, they never ate the right food. But I could not say anything about it because he was doing a great job as a dad. And I had to let go of the, the bit, small stuff. Dr. Meeker, we
2: hate to interrupt you, but we have to go to break. (laughs) This has been great. When we come back, we're gonna be talking to Dr. Meeker about how dads stay engaged when there is a divorce or they're not living in the homes. So stay with us. Opinions, options, answers.
5: You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah care Daytime Senior Care and Activities, call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah care. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
1: Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
5: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I am Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Deanna Albrecht. And we are here with Dr. Meg Meeker, who has just already given us so many words of wisdom. And Some of us are taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have younger children. Some of us have older children. <laughs> But we're all taking notes. So, Dr. Meeker, we're talking about fathers being heroes and being engaged with their children. But what happens in the cases, let's say, of divorce or for some other reason, fathers are
4: separated from their kids? How, How do they stay engaged? Well, it's tough because, you know, it could be the military, it could be a job, um, that if, you know, fathers overseas, or it could be a divorce. And um, divorce is a special situation because there's a lot of hurt that everyone feels. Um, mom feels the hurt, dad feels the hurt, kids feel tremendous hurt. So you're working with people who um, aren't doing as good of a job as they ordinarily could if they didn't carry so much pain. Um, So I always try to think about that, you know, as I'm talking with a divorced parent. But very often, and I would say this is the norm for a lot of the parents I see, um, there's a lot of animosity between mom and dad. And usually, at least in Michigan, um, moms end up with more time with the kids than dad does unless dad fights pretty hard to have more time with the kids and mom has difficulty um containing her anger and up towards him in front of the kids so there can be that alienation factor um and that's particularly tough on kids and 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 so you know dads could be working against that as well you know what what is what is mom teaching the kids about me um so he has to overcome that as well but let's assume he's a divorced dad. He's living, um, you know, around the same city or sort of close by, and he sees his kids on weekends, um, but he's not involved in the day-to-day lives. I think it's very important, first of all, to make a commitment to yourself and to your kids that no matter what, you will not stop pursuing your children. Because, you know, studies show five years after a divorce, many fathers sort of drop out of the kids' lives because I think they feel so discouraged that, A, either the kids don't want to be with them or, B, they can't get, they can't get through um, to the kids when, um, you, know, you know, for some other reason. So there's that factor in there. But I always encourage dads, um, first of all, when you're with your kids, never, ever, ever criticize mom. Um, because that just makes kids crazy and it, it harms your relationship with the kids. The second thing you need to do is you need to realize that you are going to need to take the lead and pursue your children. Many dads take clues from the kids. And if you have a 13 year old daughter who snarls at you, dads go, Oh, you don't want to be with me. Okay. I won't be with you. But you, you've got to plow through that. You've got to be the leader in the relationship and say, This is a hurting child. I won't back off. I will continue to pursue her in in as loving a way as I can. And that means calling. It means writing letters. It means emailing. It means showing up. Showing up for parent-teacher conferences. Showing up at her place. Showing up to pick her up at soccer practice. Just showing up literally, and you don't even have to necessarily say anything. That communicates. Volumes to kids about how significant they still are to you, and that those are the best places to start. I have found.
3: I was going to say, I think that's really good. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was pretty young, but my and my dad at some point moved out um, to a different state. But he sent me letters, and I remember reading those as a kid and. You know, not really being able to even read his handwriting because it was pretty messy. And I would think, what is that? And what is he saying? But just reading them over and over when I was young because he had sent them and it was from my dad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I will tell you, the, the worst situations I ever had when I was doing therapy with kids was when a parent, and actually it didn't matter whether it was a mother or father, would promise something like I'm going to send you a card, or I'm going to send you this, or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. it never showed up. Yeah. Um, and and that's really the hardest things for kids to accept. So that was a yeah. great thing your dad did, it was. Deanna. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. You know, so I even I, I I encourage fathers who are in the home to write notes to their kids because there's something about seeing um, your father's handwriting that moves you and changes you and you know no kid throws away a letter or a note from dad you know that's you would throw away an email or delete an email but a note from your father in his handwriting is a game changer for a child emotionally
2: so Dr. So McGraw I want to ask you a question just out of curiosity. But After sure. reading oh, everything you've written, and that is, do you ever see any carryover from becoming a hero father to becoming a hero husband? Ooh, that's yes. a good question.
4: <laughs> oh, yes, yes, very much so, very much so. Because I think that, first of all, the better a father parent, the more the wife likes him. Because mothers want their kids to do well, and if they see a husband doing a good job with a child or trying harder with a child, that woos a woman, and that makes her like her husband more, love her husband more. And I think that once fathers can learn to make a few simple changes in their lives, like you know, um, engaging with their kids more, taking their child out for breakfast on a Saturday morning, taking them to the park once a week or something. If they see that a man is willing to make a few small changes in in parenting, they then will go and, and hope they make some small changes in the marriage, and it absolutely can feed on itself in a very positive way.
2: What do you see as the role of grandparents in this um, or maybe there is isn't a role in grandparents.
4: Well, there is. I think I think there is, and I I've been thinking a lot about this because I, I am a grandmother, and um we, we have four grandkids now, and it's tricky because, um, pa- grandparents really don't have rights with their grandchildren; they have privileges, and so you need to stay in a place of of being allowed privilege because. We want to jump in and parent them the way we believe they should be parented, and we want to tell our kids and, and our kids' spouses how to parent their, their, their own children. But it doesn't always work very well. I mean, our kids know how, what we think because we raise them. Um, but I do think there's a lot of encouragement we could give both dad and mother. And again, if you really want one of your kids to change in their parenting, Approach it from a standpoint of praising them first about the things they're doing right and point those out to them. And then as far as the father is concerned, you need to speak with him and show him a lot of respect because we do know that men respond much better to respect than they do to anything else. So if a father doesn't feel respected in his home, he's not going to listen to what you have to say.
2: I think that's really excellent. That's an excellent observation. Yeah, so one of the thing, the other things you talk about is that fa- that daughters and sons need different things from their fathers. Well, yeah can you explain that a little bit?
4: Sure, sure. Well, you know, if you look at an adolescent teenage girl. Why is that girl seeking sex from a guy that she hardly knows? She's looking for affirmation. She's looking for uh, affection and attention, and it's and it's male. A lot of it's male-driven. It's not necessarily for the sexual experience. It's for the closeness. It's for a male that she looks up to to say, you're, you're okay. You know, you are lovely or you are desirable. And so I think it's very important that a father communicate to his daughter that she is lovely and she is beautiful and he affirms her and he gives her physical affection we know that one of the best ways to um boost a girl's self-esteem for instance is for her father to give her physical affection and so uh, that's very very important that dad does that as far as being a son what a son needs he doesn't necessarily need as much attention or affection from a father though he, he still wants it if he needs from his dad that stamp of approval you can do this, you are my son, you can be a man you can, um, you can walk in a man's footsteps harder to get from a mother because he, again, kids look to their mother differently than they look to their father and they look to their father as, as the one who has to give sort of the bigger stamp of approval if you will so what happens
2: in situations where there, there just is, there's no father? I mean, he's either yes. absent, he's completely unengaged, perhaps he's passed away. I
4: mean, yes. what can
2: mothers do in that situation?
4: Well, I think the first thing that they need to do is sort of let themselves off the hook and say, you know what, I can't be two people, but I can be one person. Um, I can be a great mom, but I can't be a great mom and dad. And so to recognize that there's a hole in the child's life and there's a need for that that child has for a man. And so... To to recognize that and say, okay, who in my child's life can be a male role model? Who can he see, um, act as a good man? Is it my father? Is it a brother? Is it a teacher? Is it a coach? Is it somebody? But just to show them how a good man talks to um, you, the mom, and how a good man behaves. Because boys are very visual people, and they need to see a, a a picture of a man in order to know how to be a good man.
2: Isn't that interesting? We're, uh, we're going to come back with Dr. May Meeker. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing some hot topics about how hero dads handle issues like discipline and discussions about athletics um, and how mothers respond to those and how those are often issues around mothers and fathers disagree. And in Dr. Meeker's words, mothers that are hovering and swooping <laughs> into to just... to, to, you know, disrupt what's going on. So stay with us.
5: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Sarah Care. We provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain in involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at SarahCare.com. That's S A R A H care.com.
5: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: are listening to caught between generations to reach our program today please call 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to dr merrill at caught between generations.com now back to the show
2: welcome back to caught between generations and we've been hovering and swooping with dr Maker um, and learning a lot Uh, I think just really learning a lot, whether you're a dad or a mom, um, this has been a great program and we've learned so much from Dr. Meeker. Dr. Meeker, you discuss three things that you think that we don't necessarily are aware of or don't know um, about our father's feelings. What are those and and why do you think that's important?
4: Well, I think that... A lot of times we don't recognize, we don't realize how um sensitive our fathers can be. I think it depends on you know which which child you're talking about. But I think you know girls in particular um, you know don't realize the impact they have on their on their fathers when they, um, say mean things to them or they put them down or they talk down to them and because what happens is a father will get his feelings hurt and as I said he'll just he'll just walk away because men are very pragmatic you know um, if they see a problem they want to fix it it and and if If a daughter comes and she's rude to her father, he sees the problem, she doesn't want me, okay, the solution is I'm just going to go away until she wants me again. And so it's really important um, for us to recognize that, you know, dads, uh, many men are very, very sensitive. They just absolutely don't show it. At least was my experience as a pediatrician. Go ahead no 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 I
2: think that's interesting and actually I don't usually do this but we do have an upcoming show uh, on August 17th with Dr. Robert Humphreys who's a a a clinical psychologist talking about the trends that he's seen and the differences in doing therapy with men Mm -hmm. and and we taped that show today and he really um, almost said the same exact thing that the men that he sees in treatment um, feel really strongly about issues like estrangement and adult children who don't call or call and only want to talk to the mother and don't want to talk to the father Um, but they have a very pragmatic um, response to that um, and yes. they don't acknowledge it or they kind of, as he put it, they kind of put their game face on, yes. you know, and, and that's what they wear. So it's interesting.
4: And one of the things I frequently told dads that I think helps them is to say, don't take your kids personally because you do. Um, you know, you get your feelings hurt. If a child says something, you take them at their word. Well, sometimes you can't because their word is a little upside down, particularly if you're talking about a three or a five or an eight-year-old. Um, and so, and then even in a, or a teenager. But it's very important um, for, you know, mothers can help out that way. You know, if, if she sees a daughter um, saying something mean or rude to the to the father to to talk to her afterwards and say, you know, that's not acceptable in our home. You're not going to treat, you know, your dad like that. Um, Because a lot of times dads won't stand up for themselves. They'll just say, okay, I'm the bad guy in the house. Nobody wants me. And they kind of, they, they hide in their shell.
2: So let's get to some of the, what I kind of call the hot topics. It's the issues where I've seen, at least in my years of doing therapy, a lot of disagreement. Um, between mothers and fathers and a lot of arguments. And one of them is certainly around discipline um, and the ways and methods of disciplining children. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of comment on that and what you've seen?
4: Well, you know, I would tell you, because we were talking about men, one of the first things that came to mind, and I actually had a man say this, a, a guest, and I was doing a podcast. He said, well, I just told my second grader to just man up. And I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> so that's what Dads will often say, okay, if you're having an issue, this is what you do. Or if you misbehave, this is what you do. They want it clean. They want it over. They want it fixed. They want it done. And they don't want to drag it out. Um And and that can be really tough for a lot of mothers because mothers want to massage the situation. They want to understand why the child's doing what they're doing. And sometimes you can understand and sometimes you just can't. You know, um, a a child having a temper tantrum or a meltdown, a lot of times you just don't know what's happening. So you need to take charge of the situation. But here's how I've helped parents um, navigate or uh, negotiate discipline is to say, okay, I'm the wife, and you're the husband, and I'm the mom, and you're the dad. So I want you to write down five things that are the, the most important things that you want to accomplish as a dad in the parenting thing. What are the five most important things you, sh- you feel we need to do with our kids? And I'll write down my five most important. And then we'll come back together, and, and I will say to you, okay, I will honor yours if you honor mine. So you, men negotiate well, and I found that they can come to terms with disciplining a different way, um, or speaking a different way, if they feel that they're getting their say in, a, in another area. Um, certainly, if you have a spouse who is abusive to children, screaming names at them, hitting the kids, um, you know, then you've got to, to- that's a totally different situation, but we're just talking about run of the mill, I think, disagreement about mm-hmm. discipline. Yeah
2: right right let's talk for a moment about athletics um because i've spent a lot of my time uh, on benches on, on a variety of fields um yeah, yeah. and and i i remember it was like classic one time i was sitting at uh one of my son's seventh grade soccer game all right and um one of the kids missed a goal and all the mothers were like good try good try that was a really good try and the father's were like look yeah Miss missed that goal. You shouldn't have yeah. done that. I mean, it was, it was like a completely, I'll never forget. It was like a completely, it was like this lie down the bleachers. It was yeah. incredible.
4: All right. Totally different response. Totally different response. But I think that the child benefits by by having someone sort of come out right in the middle of that and say, you know, I, I know you really tried hard, but you did fail and it's it's okay to fail. And I know it hurts you and it bothers you, um, so, but let's move forward and let's sort of come up out of that. What do we learn from shooting at a goal and feeling you failed and, and go forward? Because I think that a lot of times mothers, particularly with boys, particularly with boys, not so much with their daughters, I don't think, they want to protect their sons and they want to make sure that the sons don't get their feelings hurt or that no one hurts them. What I have found is that mothers tend to push their daughters a little more than they're willing to push their sons because mothers are very protective of their boys, Um, and I'm not exactly sure where that comes from. That's very
2: interesting. I'm sorry, Dan. No, it's okay, I'm trying to think if I did that. You know, that's, I'm going back. <laughs> I, I, I think it's kind of interesting and I think these kinds of situations, I think these are very, very good suggestions mm-hmm. because I think that's what happens. You have that, that difference in a response mm-hmm. and then instead of dealing with it, as you suggested, with the, with the child and perhaps addressing the issue with the child, we end up fighting with our spouse. You know exactly. that's that's oh, really right. where the focus gets yeah. to be. It's like you shouldn't have said that. You know, that was a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And don't do that again, and whatever it is we're saying. So
4: exactly. And we make it about us and not the child. And I think that um that that we need to just be a little more realistic and be willing to let some things go. And um, you know, and if and if Dad kind of gets after him because he missed the goal, you know, let Dad have his say, and then go in and say, "You know this must be really hard for you and I know you' I know you feel like you failed and stuff because I do think it's important to allow kids to live in reality you know and I think sometimes moms we try to soften things so much for our kids I see this pretty I see this a lot in um, men between twenty and twenty five with their mothers mom doesn't want them to fail mom doesn't want them to um, even necessarily grow up, and I think that's a lot of the reasons. Is some of the young men are still living at home is because mom hasn't pushed, mom hasn't said, "You got this. You don't need me to make this decision. Um, you can go out and you can miss five goals." And you may not get that job interview, but oh, well, just go on to the next job interview. We, we, we tend to want to say, oh, you know, it's, you're really good. You're really smart. They just don't appreciate you. Rather than just sort of letting them live a little bit in reality and say, it's okay to feel knocked around because you're tougher than that.
2: Dr. Meeker, this has been really outstanding. I I truly say that to you. Um, You've had great advice and and thank you so much for sharing your personal stories because I tend to think that we always think, you know, we're not very good at this, but of course people like Dr. Meeker are wonderful (laughs) at this and they're perfect. So I I think, thank you so much because I think that really means a lot to people. We only have a minute left when you give us all your contact information.
4: Sure. Well, thank you so much, because this is my pleasure and it's my joy. And I feel that where mistakes are made in parenting, I lead the pack. And those who have, um, you know, fallen down the hardest get to write the books about it. (laughs) um, You know, um, but anyway, uh, my website's MegMeekerMD.com. And I have a podcast called Parenting Great Kids. And we just hit our millionth download. We talk about all sorts of fun things. It's free. Um, I talked to a lot of dads on it, um, and as I said, I work at with, with NFL, so a bunch of those guys, and then some other really, really interesting people, but I just really want to encourage any mom out there or dad out there who's listening going, oh, I just don't think I can do it. You know what? You can do it. You can do it. Just get through today, and then you get through tomorrow, and if you have a child who's not sleeping, just know they will sleep eventually, um, because it's really hard doing those early years of parenting when you're so tired.
2: Dr. Meeker, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been listening to Caught Between Generations, and as always, we ask you, you know, it is really stressful and it's hard, so you need to do just one thing for yourself this week. Even if it's just walk out your front door and just breathe some fresh air, you need to do just one thing for yourself. You're really important to everyone around you. You've got to take good care of yourself. Take care.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Cut Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel We hope to
0: see you here next week